Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading in the book of Genesis. Now we are ready to read Genesis 7. At the end of Genesis chapter 6, God had commanded Noah to take, to, to build the ark and to take creatures onto the ark. So Noah did this according to all that God commanded him. That is what he did. That is the last verse in Genesis chapter 6. So here in Genesis chapter 7, I am reading in the Amplified Bible, and we're going to continue on. Then the Lord said to Noah, Come into the ark, you with all your household, for you alone I have seen as righteous, doing what is right before me in this generation. Of every clean animal you shall take with you seven pair, the male and his female, and of animals that are not clean, to each the male and his female, also of the birds of the air, seven pair, the male and the female, to keep the offspring alive on the surface of the earth. So, when they say clean animals taking seven pair, part of that is for food, and there's also a note here that says part of that's for sacrifice as well. So, that could <clears throat> that would make some sense. That would uh, I understand that uh, from later teaching that God gives the Israelites these some animals are clean and some are unclean. So it kind of goes in line with that, or it does go in line with that. No, kind of. Um, but there's a connection there. Is what I'm getting at. So. For in seven days I am going to cause it to rain on the earth for forty days and forty nights, and I will destroy, blot out, wipe away every living thing that I have made from the surface of the earth. So Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. Now, I want to mention, some people try to say that the flood is a, just a very localized event. But, here again, I go with a very little translation. And God is telling Noah, I will destroy every living thing that I have made from the surface of the earth. So this does not sound like a localized event to me. Okay? Now, if you want to believe it is a localized event, um, then you have to persuade yourself somehow that this is inaccurate. Now, I'm, I'm not trying to be speculative or mean. Um, I just I just don't see how we can get away from saying that the flood was worldwide and there's going to be more of that to come. So we, we will get there. But I know some people have proposed that it was a local, just a localized flood. But that's not true according to the Bible. And I am going to go with the Bible here. This is one of those times where even though you can speculate and you may disagree with me, and, and that's okay if you do, um... I'm going to go with what the Bible says. I'm going to go with what God has said. And he says here that he's going to wipe everything from the surface of the earth. Okay? So, that's what I'm going by. <clears throat> Noah was 600 years old when the flood, deluge of water, came on the earth covering all of the land. You notice again, the flood of water came on the earth covering all of the land. Then Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him entered the ark to escape the flood waters. 
Of clean animals, and animals that are not clean, and birds and fowls, and everything that crawls on the ground, they came, motivated by God, into the ark, with Noah two by two, the male and the female, just as God had commanded Noah. And after the seven days, God released the rain, and the flood waters came on the earth. In the six hundredth year of Noah's life, on the seventeenth day of the second month, on that same day, all the fountains of the great deep subterranean waters burst open, and the windows and floodgates of the heavens opened. It rained on the earth for forty days and forty nights. <clears throat> now, this is a huge catastrophic event. We know, now at one time it was not believed, but we now know that there are... <clears throat> subterranean waters, that there are these, let's see, how do they say that here? Fountains of the great deep. They are these great fountains. Subterranean waters under the under the earth. They, they do exist, and we know that they exist. And that some say this is a great change that occurred upon the earth, that, that uh, you know, moved the continents and changed a lot of things. I I can't speak to all of that, of course, not being there, and I have no uh, firm evidence of this, but uh, I do believe this was a great catastrophic event worldwide to the whole to the whole world. On the very same day, Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth, the sons of Noah and Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons with them entered the ark. They and every animal according to its kind, now a kind being like a dog, a cat, you didn't have to bring, again, one or two of every different type of cat, just a couple of cats. That would be representative of the species moving forward, and same for dogs. You'd just need a couple of dogs. You wouldn't need one of every type of dog. Matter of fact, a lot of dogs, a lot of types of dogs, we kind of created over time by the way we bred them. So, and if you look at that, if you look at the way we breed animals and the way we breed them to a specific purpose or a specific appearance, etc., etc., that shows in its own way, in its own little microcosm or, you know, small way, it shows um, how God made animals to be able to adapt and change with their environment, with their need. Now, we do it, we force it to happen through a desire to make a change. But, left on their own in the wild, that's why different species of, say, and I'm just going to use canines as an example. That's how you came about with, like, foxes and wolves and coyotes and different, different types you know, you have the Arctic fox, and then you have these other foxes, and you have you have wolves, but then you also have coyotes. Coyotes are a little leaner, a little different. They're kind of wolf. You know, they're they're similar, and they're all they're all still canines. They're all still dogs, just like your German Shepherd or your Collie or you know whatever kind of pet you have, or your your little dog if you have like a little uh, like a little Chihuahua or something. Still a dog. It's adapted to a certain um, environment that it came from, you know, unless, unless it's a breed that we created through breeding. <clears throat> but nonetheless, it just shows that um, animals are made 
in such a way that they can adapt over time to their environment. The, uh, you know, that's what Darwin saw. He saw this adaptability and he confused, he confused it for um, thinking that it was more than what it was. Anyway, and, and people still have that confused. Uh, there are no, the problem with evolution is that there's none of these, um, there's none of these transient animals or, or animal states that show, say, that <clears throat> when I was young, there was a picture in my school book, which is a fraud, and we've known it's a fraud for over 100 years, that shows the stages of evolution of a horse. And the problem is, except for the horse and the skeleton that we know of today, all of those previous transient animal stages, they, there's no proof for any of those. There's no bones. There's nothing to prove any of those. They never existed. So we know that that's not the way life developed. You know, we know it's not evolution. Um, if there was such a thing, it would really not be what, what we have termed evolution. It would be more like adaptability. It would be more like uh, intelligent design where animals naturally uh, adapt to their environment to survive. Anyway, getting off on a little bit of a tangent there. Sorry about that. So, anyway, so they and every animal according to its kind, all the livestock according to their kinds, every moving thing that crawls on the earth according to its kind, and every bird according to its kind, every winged thing of every sort, this would include bats, for those of you who might not like bats, I'm just telling you. So they went into the ark with Noah. Two by two, all living things in which there was the breath and spirit of life. Now there would only need to be two bats, because all the other bats, you know, would come from those two bats. Those which entered, male and female, of all flesh creatures, entered as God had commanded Noah, and the Lord closed the door behind them. So the Lord closed and sealed the door of the ark. The flood, the great downpour of rain, was forty days and nights on the earth. And the waters increased and lifted up the ark, and it floated high above the land. The waters became mighty and increased greatly on the earth, and the ark floated on the surface of the waters. The waters prevailed so greatly and were so mighty and overwhelming on the earth, so that all the high mountains everywhere under the heavens were covered. So here again, notice the words that are being used. So that all the high mountains, <clears throat> all the high mountains everywhere under the heavens were covered. So the the whole of the earth is being covered by this, this flood. In fact, the waters became 15 cubits higher than the highest ground. Now, 15 cubits would be about, in their note here, about 23 feet. So, 23 feet above the highest ground. That's how high the water would be. And the mountains were covered. All living beings that moved on the earth perished. Birds and cattle, domestic animals, wild animals, all things that swarm and crawl on the earth, and all mankind. Everything on the dry land, all in whose nostrils was the breath and spirit of life, 
died. Now notice, we're talking about animals. We're not talking about plant life. Plant life would still have survived. Uh, most plant life can survive being flooded and covered with water, even with minimal sunlight for, you know, a period of time. It would not destroy all plant life. And then, too, you still have the seeds, which can survive. Some seeds can survive long, long periods of time, much longer than this, and much longer than a flood. And those seeds would still end up sprouting and growing appropriate plants. God destroyed, blotted out, wiped away every living thing that was on the surface of the earth. Man and animals and the crawling things and the birds of the heavens were destroyed from the land. Only Noah and those who were with him in the ark remained alive. The waters covered all of the earth for a hundred and fifty days, five months. So, even without their amplification, the waters covered the earth for a hundred and fifty days, five months. So, this was a worldwide flood catastrophe. This was not a minor localized flood. And it covered all, even the highest of ground. If you imagine, if Everest is the highest mountain in the world, say, um, which I think it is, but if it's not and it's something else, don't worry about that. My, my Facts like that don't always stick with me the best. <laughs> but anyway, even if that was the highest mountain uh, on all the earth, this flood would have been 20 feet above the top of that mountain. So the ark would need to be sealed and everyone would need to be inside. Now all the creatures and all that would keep the ark warm. I mean, if you've ever been in a big place that still had a lot of people in it. People, we generate heat, you know, and it uh, it would still be warm, even though they would be very high up. Um, as far as in the atmosphere, they would be very high. But there would still be oxygen and all that. You can still breathe and everything would still be there. You would still have all of that. Um, but you'd still be very warm in this enclosed space with all these animals and everything you'd still be very warm I don't know what it would have been like to be in an ark full of animals basically you've got your own floating zoo and I imagine you have to tend to a lot of things but uh, they don't go into all the details I don't know how all that works or was there you know this is part of God's miracle was it done in such a way that they didn't have to you know, work at it real hard and that it was easier for them. I don't know. But this has been Genesis chapter 7. And this has been the flood. Basically, just the flood. Uh, notice that God commanded all the animals and the animals came to Noah. He did not have to go round animals up. Um, yeah, the only one who could do that would be God. He said it. He commanded it, it happened. And that's that's the way all of creation, everything to this point has happened. That's what that's how it's happened. And that's how it works. Even now. He has said it and so it happens and that's how we exist and that's how the earth exists. That's how everything exists. It's because God said it. He wills it and it is. So so while this is a miracle of its own, in its own way, and we we are 
perhaps um, drawn to that, and then we think about that, and and it seems like a uh, fantastic thing. Just regular everyday life. Just look up to the stars, look up to the heavens, and you know there's all this fantastic, marvelous proof of of God's creation. You know. And we, we should see this and, and, and recognize this every day. I myself fall short of that. I don't always appreciate every day like I should. But we should. We should always thank God for every miracle. And every day is a miracle of its own. But here, here um, people had become evil, continually evil, and they were always evil and they were just living horribly and and they don't go into details and they don't need to we we know and see what people can become like without god in their lives without that influence of of that higher standard of morality we've seen how people can become so we know that uh, it's easy to slide down that slope if if i did not know or have god i, I could easily see myself sliding down and having all kinds of wrong thoughts and ideas, you know, just left to uh, go it alone on my own, you know, if I did not recognize God and and uh, and his morality, then whose morality would I have? I would just have my own. So that would be that would be flawed at best. Anyway, that is Genesis chapter seven. Wanna thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. May God bless you and keep you. And remember, God loves you.